Welcome back to Homo in Lay Training. I'm Jay Dye, and we're a variety show. Podcast changes every week. And this week, you are lucky enough to be here for my science shit. And my little science moment is where I talk about things that are either audience submitted or things that I'm really interested in right now because I'm the science guy. So Leslie's usually on every other episode with me, but the science is where I take over. So I hope you guys enjoy it because you're about to learn some galaxy stuff. And for this episode, we're going to be talking about our sister galaxy, Andromeda. You might have heard about Andromeda, you might have heard about aliens coming from over there, you might have heard a lot of things about the galaxy, but I'm going to teach you um, a little something something about it because um, it's going to crash into us. It's literally on its way to crash into us head on, so I kind of wanted to talk about that because I don't think a lot of people know that. And I think it's a very interesting thing to talk about because galaxies merge all the time. Our galaxy is a result of mergings of other galaxies. So I definitely wanted to get into that with you guys. I definitely want to tell you where does Andromeda come from, the name, characteristics about it, when it's going to crash into us, and what to expect when it does crash into us. So with all that being said, um... I want this to be a very short little intro because I want to get into the meat of this episode because I think this episode is going to be pretty short because there's not really much to say because this is not a Galaxies episode. This is just about crashing into the Milky Way. So you know what? Before I get into who is Andromeda, what is Andromeda, let's just take a little break. Let's listen to a commercial. Let's get some money, get some snacks, and settle down because it's going to be a quick little episode. All right? So let's go. Okay, you guys, so who is Andromeda? So Andromeda is a galaxy that is about 2.5 million light years away, and it's one of our closest sister galaxies that is in our local group. So think of all the galaxies in the universe grouped up together. Um, We're not all just floating around aimlessly. Gravity affects everything in the universe. You know, gravity is that main superpower. And when you're talking about ginormous galaxies like the Milky Way, Andromeda, these heavy things have gravitational effect on everything around it. And then those objects have gravitational effects on other objects. And I'll get more into how they all affect each other um, later on in this episode, but just know that these big-ass galaxies do affect everything around them, not just like the stars within them, but the stars within other galaxies too. The Andromeda galaxy is actually twice the size of the Milky Way, so she's ginormous, like literally a behemoth of a galaxy. Astronomers actually estimate that there are about 100,000 million stars in our Milky Way. So just in ours, there's about 100,000 million. This is an estimate. But Andromeda, because it's a lot bigger than us, it's estimated that Andromeda has over a trillion stars. One trillion. I don't know about you guys, but a million to a trillion is a huge jump. It's not just a little baby jump or anything, you guys. Like, this is... This galaxy means business. She's not fucking around. It could actually be seen with the naked eye in the sky. I don't know whose naked eye that is, but 
I can't see shit, but allegedly on a clear winter day that you're able to see it. So if you happen to be in a place that isn't affected by light pollution, where you're able to see a lot of the stars, I, I hope that you take the time to look at it because it's actually quite beautiful when you look at the pictures of Andromeda because it looks like our galaxy only like tilted a little bit. So it's it looks like a little smudge in the sky, but it's actually positioned in the sky um, next to this constellation that has the same name called Andromeda. And the constellation Andromeda is right next to the Big Dipper. And if you if you don't know, a constellation is just the stars in the sky make pictures. So back in the old timey days, the ways that people knew like the Big Dipper, right? It looks like a big spoon. That's why they call it the Big Dipper. Um, but a lot of them are named after people. Um, there's also like Leo constellation, um, Orion's belt, Orion. There are a lot of these names. It's because when you connect the dots, it resembles somewhat what they're talking about. So Andromeda actually resembles the woman Andromeda from back in the old timey days where I guess she was the most beautiful woman ever. I think Greek most beautiful woman ever, um, from Ethiopia. And, um, I guess like her mom Cassiopeia was just like, she's the hottest girl. Like y'all are lame. And then pretty much like the gods didn't like that because the gods don't like anything tried to kill her and then she was saved by perseus and then they put them in the sky together to honor them blah 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 and it's funny because you know andromeda the name actually means ruler of men so she was a pretty girl pretty girl so that's kind of the story behind it i don't know too much because i'm not really into greek things like that um nor do I like know how to find those type of constellations in the sky? Just because I'm naming these, I don't necessarily know where they are because I don't have the imagination to connect the dots and like picture that. But what you can do is um, there's a lot of apps like a star map or other apps that you can download on your phone where it uses your camera to look at the sky and then it'll tell you what constellation is there. So if you are curious, I highly recommend you use that. I use that a lot when I see a planet in the sky and I'm like, is that Mars or is that Venus? And then I'll use the app to kind of tell me what planet is there just so that I know I'm not tripping. So that's a little plug if you want to. It's, I mean, it's really great, honestly. So with the, with the actual science facts, you know, back in the Dizay, scientists used to think that the Milky Way was the whole universe. You know, they didn't think that there were other galaxies. They thought that everything that we saw was within our Milky Way. So when they saw Andromeda, they just thought it was a nebula. And a nebula is just a concentration of gas, sometimes stars, that are in space. We have a lot of nebulae that um, orbit us. Um, one of them specifically is called the Magellanic Cloud, which you can actually see. Um, I think you can only see that from the south. Um, not south like Georgia. I mean like south like South America and like South Africa. Those are where you're able to see it. But they used to just think that it was just a little baby, little baby cloud. They didn't think much of it. But as time went on, you know, I lo what I love about science is that it changes, right? We like to think that science is always that it's never changing and it stays at it as it is. But a lot of times you need evidence, you need experiments, you need things to test out these theories to make sure that they're true. And one of the things that happened was that we had someone named Edwin Hubble, which you probably know him because um, he's named after the Hubble 
Space Telescope, but he was one of the first, I think, directors of NASA. He's also racist, so let's not get crazy. Um, but he used this hooker telescope, bitch, like hooker, and in California, and did some measurements and a little some science, sciencing and all that stuff. And notice, like, hey, this little nebula, quote unquote, has a shit ton of supernova. Supernova don't happen in nebula because they're little and there's not that much gas. You need vast, vast amounts of stars and gas for a supernova to happen because if you remember from my stars episode about O-type stars, the stars that go supernova are the big ones. And the only way the big ones can happen is if there is a large concentration of gas. So that can't happen in the little nebula because there's not that much. So with all that sciencing and they did all these stars testing and all this stuff, they ended up realizing that this is a whole other galaxy and not just another galaxy. It's a, it's millions of light years away. And this was really important at the time because scientists, their minds were blown because not only did you think the whole universe was the Milky Way, but now you realize that we're one out of trillions and billions and millions of other galaxies that have even more stars and even more unfathomable planets. I don't know. I don't think, I think that that was very intense for them because bitch, they were shooketh. And from then on, you know, we started really looking into Andromeda and it's become one of our most studied galaxies that we have because it's so close to us and because it resembles so much of our galaxy. Galaxies are ravenous things in our universe, you know. They hold billions and trillions of stars, and at the center, they have supermassive black holes. Um, I definitely want to do a super ep a future episode about um, our black hole, Sagittarius A star, which is the black hole in the center of our Milky Way. I definitely want to do that because I don't think people realize that most, if not all, galaxies have a supermassive black hole in the middle. And I kind of want to get more into that because even Andromeda's is a little weird. But just like everything in the universe, these galaxies move, they rotate, and they affect other things in the galaxy. You know, they have mass. Just like our sun. Like, they're heavy, so they affect the orbits of other galaxies as well by pulling on them. And the galaxies in the universe affect each other. I mentioned this earlier, but if you look at photos of the whole universe, you're going to see kind of like spiderweb filaments where some parts of the universe have more chunks of galaxies and then others have like these big like, you know how spiderwebs have those holes, right? You know, like they have all the little webbing connecting, but then they have the little gaps in the middle, there are gaps in our universe. These are called voids. And bitch, let me tell you about voids just really quick. A void is intense because like right now, the air that you're breathing, like there are quadrillions cubed, squared, times a billion tons of atoms all around you right now. You just move your hand, you just touch an infinite amount of atoms. In the void, you're likely to come across maybe one to 10 atoms. That's kind of scary because that shit's empty. But anyway, these little filaments kind of group together and that's where the large concentration of galaxies kind of end up being. You know, these are these are called groups and that's a subcategory of a supercluster and then there's more, it's more and more. But our supercluster is called the Virgo supercluster, but our smaller group is called the local group because bitch, we're local. And if you want a comparison, LA is the local group of California. 
and California is the supercluster. Okay, so that's kind of a little bit what it what it means. This is the same. Um, Andromeda is in our neighborhood when we talk about the local group. And one thing about these galaxies is that they're known for eating each other. And we've been known this because we can see it in our sky. You know, we see other galaxies eating each other. Time moves really slow. So when a galaxy crashes into another, it's not like it happens in five seconds. It'll take billions of years. So when we see them, when we see a lot of them, it's kind of like a snapshot. We see a picture of them being eaten. And it's so cool because you see in the sky, these galaxies are being literally ripped apart. Some of them right after they just finished eating. Um, Some of them that just ate and had a massive explosion of new stars. It's beautiful when you're able to look at these things in the sky, but they just look like pictures because these things don't happen huge. Like we're talking about these humongo fucking galaxy, bitch. Like this isn't going to happen in two days. And another thing that we noticed um, about these supermassive black holes is that they're really big. They're, they're not they're not just normal black holes or they're supernova black holes. Like these are super massive black holes, so big that they can't even be created by one star. They're created because other black holes have all absorbed into them and have become one. So that's another reason why we know that galaxies are known are notorious for eating other galaxies because their black holes are fucking huge. And never in the history of ever has there ever been a star that huge. So the only other reasonable thing is that they eat each other. And we've seen it. You know, we've seen in space, we've seen the detection of gravitational waves when two black holes merge, bitch. Like when they merge, you see that ripple go through space and time. And it's beautiful, actually. I would love to do an episode on gravitational waves, but... To be honest, I don't know anything about it, and I barely understand the fabric of space, so that's a no-go. And we have a lot of evidence that Andromeda is a massive eater. Andromeda is riddled with skeletons of galaxies that were once there. You know, there are some galaxies that you can see that the gas was ripped off of it, and all that's left are the remaining stars in the galaxy, dude. It literally looks like a naked galaxy. It looks insane. And there are a lot of these orbiting Andromeda. And it's because Andromeda, because it's so ginormous, it has evidence of prior eatings of other galaxies. And another reason that we know this, which I'm not going to get into, I will do it when I talk about supermassive black holes, but at the center of that galaxy, there are two supermassive black holes that are orbiting each other, which goes to prove that this bitch recently just ate someone and the black holes haven't even had time to eat each other. So Andromeda is a scary, scary, hungry, hungry hippo. And don't get me wrong, you guys, the Milky Way galaxy does the same. I mean, we have done the same. There are evidence in our galaxy that have also shown that we have eaten others as well. So we're not escaping the judgment, all right? We're, We're just to blame as well. But... Andromeda is just so huge that it's just really scary <laughs> that it's like going to eat us. So with all that being said, um, we are going to die. No, I'm just kidding. We're, all, we're already going to be dead, so don't worry about that. But Andromeda is coming head on on a collision for the Milky Way. It's inevitable, and we know this because of 
it's like a whole thing, but pretty much the light that is coming to us from Andromeda is not going away from us. It's coming towards us. We know that because when a galaxy, a star, anything is going away from us, that light gets stretched and it becomes redshifted. Okay, but because Andromeda is coming towards us, those light waves are getting stronger and they're turning blue, which they're being blue shifted. And that lets you know that that bitch is coming straight for us. And not just like, oh, just I'm just hanging out. No, Andromeda is traveling at 68 miles per second towards us. Now, keep in mind that Andromeda is only 2.5 million light years away. So that is a v- 68 miles compared to 2.5 million light years is measly. But bitch, when I go 68 miles per hour, that's pretty fast. That's pretty fast. And kind of the timeline that we expect this to happen is that in about 2 billion years, Andromeda will be so close to us that it'll outshine the moon, which is beautiful. In 3 billion years, it'll be brighter than our Milky Way. So if any of you are lucky enough to be in a place where there is almost no light pollution, you're able to see the Milky Way. It looks like the reason why they call it the Milky Way is because it looks like someone spilled milk in the sky. So you're able to see that with your naked eye in some of the places where it has no light, which goals one day. But eventually Andromeda will outshine that. And... It's it's actually going to be really pretty. Um, and then in 4 billion years, the two galaxies will finally make contact and fuck each, other, fuck each other up. I don't want anyone to get scared about this because space... Well, one, in 4 billion years, our sun would have already exploded. So honestly, there's really no reason to really worry about that. Um, but second is that space is huge. I don't think people really understand the vac. You know, in movies when you see the asteroid belt, um, like in Star Wars and stuff, you see people like kind of like dodging all these rocks and all this stuff. It's not really like that. You're able to fly through without ever touching or seeing a rock. It's because space is huge, you guys. Like one of the things that I heard is that if you take every single planet in the, in our solar system and place them touching each other, that would be the distance of how far the moon is from Earth. So space is really, 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 really big. So when we're talking about galaxies, it's even bigger. So when we actually make contact, we're not going to be crashed into by other stars. We're not going to have other planets come crashing into us. It's just space is way too big for that to happen. That'll never happen. But what will happen is that these stars and these other things, black holes that are in Andromeda, will gravitationally affect everything around us. Does that mean that Earth will be thrown out in the middle of nowhere? Mm, Probably not. But what it means is that the sun will and that the sun might go somewhere else. Um, well, in theory, if the sun was still. And, and, I mean, in this hypothetical, humans are still around and the sun is still around. But just knowing reality, we're gone, bitch. Like, there's no way. But all of these things are going to happen where things are just going to shift it around. You're going to see the whole sky just lit up with stars because 
when it crashes into it, yes, where we are, we're pretty much unaffected because if you look at our position in the Milky Way, we're in the arms. We're not in the center. We're not anywhere near the craziness. But let me tell you, the parts that are crazy will crash into each other. There will be new stars. There'll be exploding stars. There'll just be a 4th of July of shenanigans going in the in the night sky. And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a shame that we'll be gone and we won't be able to see it. But... Um, on Instagram, we're actually going to post some pictures of what our night sky would look like. So please check those out because I think they're really beautiful and, I don't know, kind of fun to think about. Kind of lay around, just be like, ooh, what's, what's the sky going to look like? And like a little, a little daydream, a little fancy. And then all of that's going to happen. So in, And then in 7 billion years, the black holes are going to merge. And we will officially have a brand new galaxy we will no longer have the milky way we'll no longer have andromeda and it'll be a brand new galaxy i've heard in like a video that they named it milk amida i think that is the stupidest name in the whole entire world and i fucking hate scientists because they literally think of the dumbest names ever i'm gonna say androma milk because that shit sounds even better so in seven billion years we're gonna have a new galaxy called androma milk and then after that you know, in about 150 billion years after that, this brand new monster galaxy is going to eat up the remaining galaxies around us. And then after that, you know, the galaxies would have used up all of the remaining gas that it had because the initial crash that it's going to have, a lot of that gas is going to disappear because a lot of that gas is going to turn into brand new stars. And other stars are going to explode and push out the remaining gas. So we're not going to have very much gas left anymore. You know, it's going to be kind of like a zombie galaxy where we don't produce stars, where there's no gas. There's nothing, you know, space is so huge that nothing's going to bump into each other. There's no surrounding galaxies to eat. And it's just the stars. They're all just waiting to die. And, you know, this will take quadrillions of years. You know, this isn't going to happen tomorrow. And quadrillions is a lot more than a billion and a lot more than a trillion. So who knows what the universe will look like in quadrillion years. But the universe would have expanded so much by then that there will be no more galaxies even near us. And it'll just be us. Our local group, our Virgo supercluster, by then have already all merged. Or dark energy has already separated everybody where there's nothing left around us or near us. Kind of a bleak future, but... Also, you know, the cool thing about these galaxies is that they're keeping us alive. You know, the universe is trying to kill us by expanding at a alarming rate and accelerating at that. It's not just expanding at a constant rate. It's actually expanding and getting faster. But the galaxies are like, no, bitch, listen, we're going to stick together and we're going to make this work. And I think that's a very beautiful message. If you are feeling bleak, is that these galaxies are the only reason we're alive. They're the only reason why we continue to exist. Yeah, they're scary. Yeah, these mergers seem like intense, um, catastrophic um, things, but... They're why we're here. You know, the universe wants us dead, but the galaxies are like, not yet, bitch. Just give me a little bit more time. And this has happened over the whole history of our galaxies, the history of our universe. You know, James Webb, an amazing telescope, which I've yet to have time to um, talk about, has taken pictures of these little baby galaxies. And what it shows is that in the beginning, galaxies were kind of like 
like a little deformed, you know, a little a little wonky and very little. And the reason that they were able to get to this size is because they did eat each other. It's because they did merge. You know, the reason that we have the sun is because a sun before us exploded and we were able to get created. So there has to be an end for there to be a new beginning. And I hope that all, any of my science episodes this year have just really stressed the fact that things must end, but because they end, it doesn't mean an end to everything. It means a new start to something. And if you take that into your life personally, because I do, I hope that it brings you some sort of solace and some comfort because we want things to stay the same. We want things never to change. But if they didn't, we wouldn't have what we have today. And sometimes change is intense. Sometimes change is scary. Sometimes it's catastrophic. But at the end of the day, that change makes us who we are. And who we are is very valuable. And we should embrace that change because life is change. And yeah. So with that, um, that was my little short little episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, it's spooky season, so hopefully you got a little spooked by this little fun fact. But I guess hope you guys enjoy um, your Halloween on Monday and Feliz Dia de los Muertos on Tuesday and then on Wednesday. So, au revoir.